live. Welcome, folks, to episode 3417 of the Survival Podcast. And people are talking about the graphic in the live chat here for today's episode, which is just basically a bunch of Federal Reserve notes with some creepy faces on them uh, burning. It is AI-generated. They're right about that. But it's almost a year old. Uh, that was made for an episode I did back in March, and I'm recycling the art. It's not exactly new, and, and nothing is really new under the sun, as we will see today, including blood and guts and gore, which is kind of what we're digging into today. But unless that, it's just more like, what the hell's going on and how screwed up the world is so that we are willing to prepare because, you know, preparing and being motivated to prepare are different things. Uh, and we do need to look at this stuff once in a while. And let's just be honest, a lot more people show up when I talk about this stuff than when I'm like, hey, let me give you something that can benefit literally every household in America. No people want to know what's going on. I'll tell you. So we got so much today. I'm not going to even do a full punch list in the prep work, but we're going to talk about how, you know, I said months ago, are we getting ready to flick Zelensky off like a booger? Sure looks like it's about to come. There's flashing signals of red everywhere for uh, Vladimir Zawoski, the uh, transsexual piano playing with his penis actor comedian who somehow ends up the WEF selected puppet president of Ukraine. In fact, I'll tell you today that Something that's going on in the field, I don't really have it in my, my bullet points, but I doubt I'll forget to, to mention it to you. Uh, it really says something about how the people that are serving in the United, Ukrainian military feel about Mr. Zelensky. And could he be moving to Florida soon? He might be. I'll talk about a credible, though yet not proven, leak from a whistleblower who says that he is part of the United States Secret Service. Uh I'm going to tell you how Democrats are going to play out the eventual loss of Ukraine. Because Ukraine's going to lose. Like I said, they would in the very beginning. And if I'm the Democrats, I have a perfect way to play this. A perfect way. And it'll work because the average American's a moron. I mean, just bluntly. Ammo shortages coming. Backhanded censorship at X Twitter. Just show you an example of that. Argentine's new president said he's cutting the executive branch by about 50% on day one. And sure looks like he tried to. And there's so many people like it could happen here. It won't anytime soon. I'll explain why. Um, I'll also tell you why, like Javier Malay, uh, his predicament that he's in now is very similar to what could happen to the orange man. Should the orange man defy all odds, stay out of prison and end up the president again. Something that's going on with Javier Malay right now may actually be a very similar thing happen to Trump, even though they're very different people. I'm not comparing policy. I'm comparing reality on the ground situation here. And uh, we're all going to die Monday. S-O-M-2-S-S says uh, maybe we're all going to die Monday. That should maybe be what we call it. I don't know. Uh, but I don't think we're all going to die. I do think there's problems. Like how about 38 states right now have a lower population than the number of illegal aliens to come across the border that we know of since Biden took office. Not combined, but if you list the population of all the states in the union, and then you look at the total number of illegals who came into the country under Biden, just only three years, not even a full three years yet, they would be the 37th most populated state in, in the union. It's kind of scary when you really think about it. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about how um, Biden's Secretary of Energy got in trouble. Uh, There's bad press anyway, not really trouble because Democrats don't get in trouble for doing shit like this. 
because, well, they had a gas car hold their place in line during a PR stunt for electric vehicles at an electrical charging station, pissing all the people off who wanted to get power for their car in the line that couldn't get it. Yeah, really. Um, the UN tells you to stop eating meat and then they pig out on beef. We've got lots of stuff to cover today. Russia is shipping liquid natural gas and going to do it year round through the Arctic. Just like I said, what happened when this whole stupid sanction bullshit started and uh, what government says when they say spending cuts or inflation is down. I have a perfect little meme to show you to wrap things up with so we can have some humor as we laugh at our own demise today. With that, let's go ahead and hear from our sponsors of the day first as we start out. Sponsor of the day number one today is K9 Academy. And I'd really appreciate if you use the link on the website when you do that because the agreement that I have with Joel, we're trying to track what I'm actually able to do for him. So that would be helpful. But you can learn to train your dog. There's a lot of great courses that you can take at K9 Academy. I recommend any dog owner at least start out with the K9 Academy Basics. It's a straight up course you can go through and complete because you can, you know, you can do all the other things. It's an annual program, a monthly, uh, a club membership, basic and advanced, which are really higher level training opportunities. But the $89 basics course, no matter what you want to train your dog to do, it starts out with core obedience basics, sit, stay, et cetera, learning how to deal with your dog by actually creating the conditions that will allow the dog to fail while you control them so that you can condition the response. This is what every good dog trainer teaches. It's what I've always done. It's what Joel's always done. But I sat down with Joel about a year ago, and we really dug into it, the way to communicate it better to people on the other end of it. And that's what it is, is conditioning through controlled failures where we're able to correct the dog into the correct behavior that we're looking to. If you want the perfect homestead dog, this is what you need to at least get those core basics down. And then you can do anything once the dog has core basics mastered. Next up today is knifekits.com. I mean, these guys have been a sponsor for a long time, folks. 2010 is when Knife Kits came on board as a sponsor. I, I've got to tell you that, you know, in the world of podcasting, to hold a sponsor from 2010 to 2023, 13 years is pretty amazing. They're a very loyal sponsor. They have all kinds of really cool stuff. If you're like, I don't know how to make knives, that's the beauty of Knife Kits. You can learn. It's not hard. You can start out with a kit. You can get really cool handle materials. You can get books, DVDs, et cetera, that tell you how to do everything. And what a great thing to do with your kiddos or your niece or your nephew, grandkids. Build a knife with a make a family heirloom. It might not be the greatest knife in the world. Your first effort at things like this seldom are the best, but it will be something that will be priceless that you can leave behind as a legacy. I know that if I had a knife that I made with my one of my grandfathers or great uncles, there's no amount of money that can make me part. Really, it wouldn't matter how crappy it looked. If I had that memory of actually building a knife with them, I would keep that. It would go to my grandson someday. All right, guys, with that, let's kind of dig on into it. I want to start off with, again, all signals are flashing that, hey, uh, Vladimir, I know we said we had an open checkbook and all, and America would stand with Ukraine all the way to the end, but we have like this other war we need to fight now, uh, other things to do. Uh, you've, you've kind of worn out, uh, is something useful to us politically. So we need to, to get rid of you. That's even coming now from his own people, his own people. So out today, and uh, there's quite a few things that I'm going to source today from RT or Russia today. And people always want to ad hominem attack Russia today. When I use them as a source, 
I defy you to prove anything that I give you from Russia today to be false. And if you can, please do, because I love being wrong, because then I can come back on the air and say, I was wrong. I use this as a source and here's the right information so I can correct myself and not look like an ass because I'm not mainstream media. But I'm going to promise you I've done my research on this one. And this was said former Zelensky advisor said it's time for peace talks. Again, I think there's a consorted effort here because they they so lathered up this crap about. Russia's the bad guy. Russia's the enemy. It's amazing to me, too. Like, they're conjuring up this memory of Russia as the Soviet Union and the communism and all. Like, that's what they're actually, they're not saying the word communism, but that's what they're basing all of this crap on. This this fear that Putin will just roll over Europe if we let these two provinces in Ukraine go back to Russia where they historically were. Uh, It's nonsensical. But the people that are most you know, fervent about it are freaking socialists at a minimum and full on communists. Really? It's, it's funny to me, but anyway, uh, a former advisor for Zelensky has suggested it's time for peace talks. Now, again, I've, I've tried to explain this to you guys that this idea that we're protecting a democracy is just dumb. Ukraine is not a democracy. They have outlawed like two digits of opposition parties in Ukraine. They've suspended elections. Uh, they have shut down churches. They have thrown priests in jail for speaking against the war. This is not what a democracy does. This is what an elected di- dictatorship does. You can have an elective dictatorship. You might want to look around if you doubt me. I'm just saying. Anyway, um, it, it's, it, he also said something that I found really, really interesting here. His hero persona is problematic. Now, this is a guy who is a former aide that, that helped, you know, kind of create this narrative that Zelensky is some sort of war hero. He's always walking around in like pseudo fatigues, like he's like he's out on the front line. This man has never been near the front lines. Let's just be honest, never. Like he's walking around like some sort of pseudo general etc you know what do you know what his troops are doing right now this is Zelensky's troops these are this is reports I, I don't have a hundred percent confirmation on this but I do have more than one source on it and the two sources are not colluding together one I'm about to show you a different thing from them it's redacted and they've been really solid uh, playing out but I've also got another source that tells me this has in fact been happening troops Ukrainian military troops doing target practice and training, are now taking pictures of Zelensky and putting them on the targets and shooting pictures of Vladimir Zelensky when they're shooting their guns in in training. The troops being commanded by Zelensky, because Ukraine, their commander-in-chief like ours is their president, are shooting pictures of of their president. It would be like our troops out there today with pictures of Brandon shooting them. Now, you might think, you know, I, I bet there's a lot of guys in the United States military that might be willing to do that. Yeah, but they wouldn't get away with it. There's a command structure in place in a military organization. When you have things like this going on in the field, it's being observed by commanding officers and commanding NCOs. And if it continues, it's being allowed to happen. This is the sentiment. The entire sentiment is, is changing. 
And it, and I just mentioned redacted. I'm about to play for you. I'll play about four minutes of this, but I, I want to state before I play this, I am very big on trying to follow the rules of germ, journalism and the way that I report things. And so I report my opinions about things that are happening, my predictions about the way things will play out. And I try to be really clear on that. And I report news as news. This thing has happened, and I have confirmed it with multiple sources that are independent following the rules of journalism. I have not confirmed what you are about to hear. I will put this down as highly probable, but not confirmed. So take that with a grain of salt, but I want you to listen to this, and, and then I'll come back and tell you why I think it is, well, highly, highly probable, and if someone will let me know once I hit the play button that you guys have good audio on your end, that would be great for me so that I know that you're not missing anything. Is Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky about to become a U.S. citizen and be shipped off to live in the sunny state of Florida? Well, a new report has surfaced. So from someone claiming to be a U.S. Secret Service agent, and according to the report, uh, well, ostensibly this person is a whistleblower still working at the U.S. Secret Service trying to remain anonymous. Uh, he says he's released, he has documents claiming that the U.S. has already negotiated a plan to remove Zelensky from power, bring him to the United States as a U.S. citizen. And here you can see these naturalization uh, documents which have been provided, which he apparently uh, leaked to the media. And you can see Vladimir Zelensky here on this U.S. Naturaliz naturalization document. And he also then published a YouTube video anonymously backing up these claims. Listen. I work at the United States Secret Service Office of Protective Operations. I have information which I believe needs to be made public. In mid-November, our office was tasked with planning and preparation for an operation to ensure the protection of Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky and his family. The Biden administration is making active preparations based on the idea that first, Zelensky won't be the president of Ukraine after next spring, and second, that he and his family will need long-term or permanent security inside the United States. The Biden administration is planning to allocate an incredible amount of money and resources for this operation. Zelensky is not just being given a couple of security agents. He will be given full Secret Service protection. The service has to provide him with a house, security, transport, and even a personal servant. So is there any truth to these claims? Well, Larry Johnson is a former CIA agent, and he was the very first person, by the way, to report that Zelensky soon would be removed from power. He was the first person ringing the alarm bell saying Zelensky is in trouble. And this was months ago. And now we have this report. So we thought, who better to ask than Larry himself? Larry, welcome back to the show. Good to see you. Hi, Clayton. So what do you make of this report? Of course, you were out there at the very beginning of this saying that your intelligence sources were saying that Zelensky was in trouble. Now we have this naturalization documents. What do you make, first of all, of the documents? Hello, I'm Patrick Stewart. Did you know that right now? Well, the, the documents appear legit. Now, the, in, in this day and age with all the computerized information, 
it's easy to fabricate and replicate legitimate documents. So the, the, the one thing I do notice on it, he has not signed it. So this is not necessarily a done deal. I, I was struck by the fact that when you read it, they, they, it was supposedly issued out of Tampa, Florida, which is on the west coast of Florida. But his he's listing his residence is Vero Beach. And Vero is on the east coast of Florida. It's exactly about a from Tampa. It's about a three and a half hour drive. I know because I've made it a couple of times. So uh, I don't know why they wouldn't have gone down. You know, if you're in Vero, if you're in Vero Beach, it's easier to go to either Jacksonville or West Palm or Miami. So it's just sort of odd. You know, it's odd that they'd choose Tampa as sort of the homeland security uh, destination. And do we think that this is something that he did like any other American would roll down to a local oh, no. bureaucratic office and like go into the post office or the DMV? Someone did this on his behalf, clearly, right? Yeah. Yeah, no. So I'm sure in the discussions, uh, we've got various visits, whether it's with uh, Bill Burns, uh, the CIA director, or Lloyd Austin. Or Anthony Blinken. At some point in one of those conversations, I'm sure that Zelensky has asked for a guarantee. You know, he wants something more than just a promise that the United States will have his back, because I think he's got at least enough understanding of history to recognize how many times the United States has allied itself with people and then betrayed them. And just ask Saddam Hussein. We can show pictures of him with Don Rumsfeld glad handing in tuxedos. And next thing you know, Rumsfeld is having him rounded up and and hung. Absolutely, one hundred percent, that happened. And it, it, it's amazing the short memory uh, that uh, that Americans seem to have. And if you think you heard, if you're on the audio and you think you heard the voice of Patrick Stewart there, because he said he was, you did. Uh, there was a mid roll advertisement in that video that I was playing uh, from Redacted. I have a link to the full video. For you guys, and I wanted to play the part where uh, the gentleman who is a former CIA operative came on, and you know mentioned the fact that that document wasn't signed, and then mentioned the part about the Vero Beach thing. So here's the deal: Vladimir Zelensky did not go do that himself. He got that right. So it doesn't matter where he listed it as his home record. That doesn't matter at all. And I think he was alluding to that, like the State Department did this. Not Zelensky. He didn't go into the, like, I want to apply to be a U.S. national. This is done. I have an interesting theory, though, about the whole lack of a signature by Zelensky. Well, you know, one, let, let's go to the three potential things here. There's only really three potential things here. One, the whole thing is, is a PSYOP fake. And Zelensky doesn't have these credentials, and he doesn't have a plan B, and he's that stupid that he has no plan to get out under the protection of the United States government. That's possible. I, I told you this is probable, but not confirmed. I'm not reporting it as fact in any way. Number two is that simply the whistleblower was able to obtain the documents before they were executed and signed. That's another possibility. And there's a third probability or possibility, and it might be the most possible or probable of the possibilities. And that is that they said, hey, Vlad, look, dude, here it all is. But we're going to hold on to it so you play ball the way that we want. And it's all ready to go, and we'll execute it when necessary. You better do what you're told, or we're going to hang you out to dry, which still leaves the opportunity to hang him out to dry. Because we have done this 
over and over and over and over and over and over again. We have buddied up to people who are not very good people and then suddenly figured out publicly, hey, we buddied up to someone that's not very good. We need to get rid of this jackass, and here's why we're doing it. Yep. So I still think they're holding out the possibility of really working over Zelensky and putting a lot of blame on him for this. But there's at least a credible, in my opinion, report that we made backdoor deal that when this all falls apart, don't worry, we'll get you out. Now, I, um, I, 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 I highly recommend you look up an old episode I did with a gentleman that calls himself Entian de la Bote, um, where he was actually in Ukraine in 2014 when the whole color revolution started. He was working for the United States government, and they 86 his ass and everybody else that was there doing what he was doing uh, on, 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 on you know, doing the work of the U.S., and they basically said, you're on your own, go screw. So, you know, if we'll do that to our own, we probably would do it to the transvestite dick-playing piano fake warrior uh, when we decide we've had enough of him. Or we may we may actually get him out. Could we end up in a whole Shah of Iran-type situation? Obviously not with Islamic fundamentalists, but if you guys remember, we got the Shah out of Iran, and next thing you know, during a Iranian revolution – uh, to depose the Shah, we had all these American hostages, and they're like, we want the Shah back. This bitch, he's got to pay for what he did. Remember that? Because I'm telling you, there is a hatred for this man in Ukraine right now. Because there is almost no one who doesn't know somebody they cared about who's dead because of this war that's going nowhere and never was going anywhere. But there's still hope. Well, maybe we'll turn the tide, right? And I guarantee you there is no one that doesn't at least know somebody that they deeply care about who hasn't been severely life alteringly wounded in this. The the number of deaths, disfigurations, complete disabilities is beyond anything we've seen in modern war. Because you have a Russian triple line defense meat grinder that the Ukrainians just keep throwing themselves against because we keep telling them to. If we don't see some progress, we're going to pull the plug. No progress. Now we're talking about pulling the plug. Why do you think they suspended elections? Because I guarantee you right now, if you had an election in Ukraine today, the war would end tomorrow because the people are tired of it. They don't want it anymore. They don't want it anymore. Yeah, Operation Paperclip Rat Madness says there's definitely some shit like that that's going to go on in Ukraine. There are some vital, in the words of our, uh, or not or words, the minds of our psychopathic leaders, there are some vital U.S. interests in Ukraine. Um, that gentleman goes on to say he thinks that Russia is going to end up taking all of Ukraine because they're fed up with this and they feel betrayed by the West. I, I, I still don't think so. I don't see that happening. Um, if it does, there will be an Operation Paperclip. But let me tell you how the Democrats are going to play the eventual loss of Ukraine. So the, uh, the Republicans grew a little tiny bit of a spine and threw Kevin McCarthy out, elected a new Speaker of the House under a new Speaker's leadership. The Republicans have kind of cut off the money to Ukraine. Now, I guarantee you, I guarantee you the branded administration and the Democrats could work with enough Republicans to unclog that stoppage of money if they gave a little bit, just a little bit, and all things they would be willing to do, but they're not doing it. So you got to start asking yourself why. Well, because everybody wants to flick Zelensky off like a booger. Brandon wants him gone. Kamala wants him gone. The DNC wants him gone. Everybody wants him gone, but nobody wants 
to say it out loud and take the blame after we told the American people Ukraine can win. So if I'm the Democrats, now this is assuming that they're smart enough to do this, but generally on the propaganda war, Democrats are smarter than Republicans. If you're a fan of Star Trek, the Democrats act a lot like the Romulans, you know, without a Picard. We just had Jean-Luc on. Maybe it was a a sign, right? Without Picard, the Romulans would own everything because they're always three steps ahead of the Federation diplomatically, like setting traps for them and pretending they didn't do anything. That And the Democrats are very good at this. So if I'm the Democrats, I'm just going to let this fall apart. Yeah and not supply Ukraine, and when Ukraine doesn't get supplied, they'll have to surrender. You're go- they're going to go in and, and, and rescue Zelensky from Putin, even though Putin will not be the threat. And then they're going to turn around and say it's all the Republicans' fault heading into the next election. Let, let, let's put aside who you want to win, lose, draw, whatever. Let's put that aside. Let's say I gave you a job right now. You are the head of the DNC, the Democratic National Committee. Your job is to get as many Democrats reelected or elected in the 2024 election. Everything I just said happens. The Republicans pull the monetary plug. Ukraine surrenders to Russia. They come to a peace that involves giving up the eastern provinces of Ukraine, which, by the way, Nikki Haley can't name. Well done, Vivek Ramaswamy. Well done, sir. Can't name the provinces that she wants your kids to go die for. And you know he was right because if she knew what they were, she would have simply said them. Anybody who have a brain, and Nikki Haley does have at least have a brain, would have said that. She doesn't even know because that's how they are. They don't care. They just want money. They want money and control and power, and they'll do whatever they're told by the machine that they work for. Yeah? So what would you do? I put you in charge of the DNC right now, and you want to keep your job. And I say get as many Democrats elected as possible and utilize this failure. And Ukraine has fallen one way or the other. Something has brought it to an end. And it's a loss because we said if Putin takes over, Gontos and Luhansk, there you go, Nikki. That's two of them. All right. And that was really in contention. It's called the Donbass region. You freaking warmongering bitch. You warmongering bitch that Vivek was right about you. This woman will send your kids to die so she can buy a bigger house. I have no doubt. No doubt. Would you not, though, if you were the head of the Democrats, say, hey, let's just spend this. It's all the Republicans' fault. They didn't care enough. They refused to fund the democracy. And it will work. And remember, who does any of this spin have to work on? The mushy middle. The diehard Democrat is going to vote for a Democrat. It wouldn't matter. If it was really weekend at Bernie's and Bernie Sanders was the nominee and he was dead and they said, the guy's dead. We're going to put sticks up his ass and puppet him around. They'll still vote for him. And the same on the Republican side. Never Trump until Trump's the nominee and then those people fall in line and vote for Trump. It's the people that actually swing vote. All you have to do is swing a small number of them to your side and you control the narrative and you win. And so those of you that think like this is all about to end, the orange man's coming back or whatever, don't bet on it. I'm not saying it won't. I'm saying there is no such thing as a shoe in at this point. Right? And it's also, remember, um, there was an episode of South Park where he was like, uh, conjuring like movies like, uh, what was it? Oh, Captain My Captain with Robin Williams, uh, 
in it and, and some other movies. Like, how did I reach these kids? Right. And he, he said, you have to cheat harder. You have to cheat harder. He did this whole, this whole speech about Bill Belichick. He called him Belichick. It was Cartman from they, they, one time Bill Belichick didn't cheat. And you know what happened? He lost. That's the mindset. Yeah, Dead Poet Society is one of them. But there was a couple of movies, I think, that got spun into that episode. But that's the mindset we're dealing with here. Absolutely. Um, now, let's move on to the next thing. If you wanted some good news, let's do um, ammo shortages. How many ammo shortages have we been through since, like, 2010? Really? Every time... Ammo's back in stock and not ridiculously priced and easy to get. Another thing comes along and create an ammo shortage. Almost like there's some people that are in charge that want to do it. We've had uh, just straight up ammo shortages. We've had inability to even get 22s. We had the great primer shortage a few years ago. All of, you, could get, you could get cases and you could get powder and you could get pills, but you couldn't get primers, right? Right. So we had the great primer shortage and then that got worked out. And now we're going to have a global gunpowder shortage. Yep, global gunpowder shortage. So says a top United States manufacturer of ammunition. Again, this is on Russia today. And I know some of you want to be special little children and ad hominem attack. That was where you attack the source instead of the information. I'm sorry. This is all legit. Um, let me read the statement here from Vista Outdoors. Due to world events, our supplies have notified us of unprecedented demand for an anticipated global shortage of gunpowder and thus has increased our prices substantially. Let me read that again. It's an anticipated shortage. That would mean it hasn't happened yet. We've jacked up our prices prior to the shortage. Oh, by the way, uh, they, we must therefore raise our prices to help offset those increases, which haven't happened yet. Hmm. Now, they sure as hell are pumping a lot of ammo into Ukraine, millions and millions of rounds. Uh, gunpowder is being, you know, there's no shortage of gunpowder. There's no shortage. We, we, and what did I report on last week? The United States is quadrupling its production of 155 howitzer rounds. Now, I know that's not a direct, this kind of gunpowder thing, but what you have is whenever you want to create a shortage, if you're the government and you can't regulate something out, you simply take the stolen money and the printed money, which is also stolen money, and you come up with a reason to buy so much of it, it's hard for other people to get. And this is why I suggest, because this is going to keep happening, that you get into reloading. And if you get into reloading right now, you may find it hard to come across powder. Yeah, well, get into reloading anyway and get the powder that you can. And then what you do... You're going to see that these shortages always result in a shortage of ammo on the shelf, but they're always components. Like we have, I'll predict, I'll do Jack Karnak, Jack Karnak the Magnificent, you know, going back to Jim, uh, Johnny Carson days, right? The next shortage will be brass because we had primers, we had pills, and now we have gunpowder. So the next thing that will be a shortage will be brass which is the easiest, maybe we won't, because that's the easiest one to do something about, right? There's brass land everywhere at ranges. You can go pick it up, right? Primers have been an issue. You bet your ass they have been an issue. Um, but, yeah, so if you get into reloading, what you do 
is you stock up on components when they're available. And if you store this stuff properly, you store primers and powder properly, they store for decades. All this bullshit about it's going to go bad or whatever, if it stays cool and dry, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. So I definitely recommend you do that. But I wanted to use this as an opportunity to show you something about X, a.k.a. Twitter, this idea that somehow Elon Musk is like this super warrior for free speech and he got rid of all the Wokies at, at Twitter and then changed the name and everything's good and golden now is bullshit, is bullshit. Now, is he better than the people that owned the platform before he bought it? Yes. Is he all bad? No. Is he a force of free speech, and is he forcing that through the entire platform? No, 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 no. And I'm going to show you one example of that. The unfair censorship of a site that I've used today as a source a couple times. But by the way, do you see MSNBC or Fox or Newsmax or anybody telling you there's about to be an ammo shortage? No. Why do you think I look outside of the fold? And then I take the information and I track it down to a source and see if it's legit or not. And here's the funny thing. Anything that's been on RT that hasn't been like an op-ed, which is, you know, by its nature, an opinion piece. Everything I've ever thought was interesting enough to research and report, I've been able to confirm. Almost like they have journalists that work for them. It's crazy. Like, you don't have to agree with somebody to respect them as a journalist, do you? If you do, then you need to work on your brain. But let me show you something here. So this is where I took that story from RT and I published a little link to it on X slash Twitter. And I did this for a reason. I did it differently. What I usually do when I'm publishing something to Twitter from RT, because I know this problem exists, I do a screenshot of like the headline and the picture so that when you post it, it will display nicely and people will pay attention to it. Anybody can tell you if you have imagery in a tweet or an Instagram or any any kind of social media, if there's imagery there, it gets looked at more. It gets more attention. What Twitter X has done under the, 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 the vanguard of Elon the Magnificent is make sure that nothing posted from RT will display the imagery. There's no reason for this technically. It worked just fine prior to the invasion of Ukraine. And now what they've simply done is limit reach by limiting the way the damn thing displays. So if I go back to my main thing, let me find something else I did from, here's an example right here. This is the piece that we talked about. Time for peace talks, former Zelensky advisor, right? And what you can see I did there is I took a screenshot. That's how a post should display. But in the words of Linda Yaccarino, we'll just call Yak, because she looks like something that a cat coughed up, okay? Freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom of reach. Yes, it does, bitch. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. If you are treating people differently based on who they are, you are not pro-free speech. Elon Musk is not free speech, pro-free speech. This is another reason, again, please get on Noster, folks. Please get on the one thing that they can never censor. No one can buy it out. No one can shut it down. 
No one can censor anything, anyway, anyhow. And some of you are still out there. Some of you I like, by the way, trying to build a new platform. Don't build a new platform. Build an app that works with Noster so that even if you're attacked, they can't shut down the right of people to speak and to be heard. And please remember when it comes to free speech that when someone censors me or you, they're not just denying your right. They're denying the right of everyone who could have heard what you had to say who now can't. And that actually is the worst crime. Free speech means nothing if people who want to hear what you have to say are not able to hear what you have to say. And these little backhanded maneuvers, you know what that shows me? That shows me that Elon Musk and the people running Twitter are cowardly while they pretend to be brave. That's what it shows me, because if you were brave, you would just say, you know what? I said we're free speech, but this is Russian propaganda, so we're going to shut it down. And then you go, wait a minute. Didn't you say, yeah, but see, like that would be wrong, but at least it would be direct. These little backhanded, passive aggressive things. Come on, Elon, bro, you're better than this. You're better than this. And somebody will tell me he doesn't know. And I would just tell you he has a responsibility to know about things like this. And I'm absolutely certain based on some interaction I've seen with Elon, that he does know this. Whether he'll admit it or not, I don't know. But it's he's responded to things that talk about it. Therefore, I don't believe someone as smart as Elon Musk doesn't know that he responded to something that told him this was going on. So this is absolutely going on. I don't care if he reinstates Alex Jones. It doesn't make this go away. Free speech for all, or it's not free speech. And if you want to say I'm a free speech platform, but here's my criteria, right? Because honestly, I knew it. You cannot come on the survival podcast or in any of our communities that I have control over and start pushing, for instance, uh, neo-Nazi agendas. You can't if you are talking about murdering people, killing people, race superiority, whatever, you're not welcome. And I say that up front and I say, if you, I will defend to the death your right to say those things, but not in my house. So I, I'll respect that. But I, what I want to see if somebody claims to be free speech with clarifiers even, is uniformity. Treat everybody the same or you're full of shit. And Elon Musk, you're full of shit. You are. I'm sorry. I don't want him to be, by the way. I want to like Elon a lot more than I do. Next up, Javier Malay, who is now the president of Argentina. And this is kind of historic. Javier is the first person I'm aware of anyway to run a country who ran as a libertarian candidate. Not I'm a Republican who's really a libertarian, like Ron Paul, who I respect the hell out of, by the way. I'm not putting Ron down. I'm just saying, like, Ron ran as a Republican for the House, and he really was a libertarian. And he's the closest to that, and he was a congressman. He's one of 500, you know. Uh, No one has ever run for a high political office, especially president or like prime minister of a country, and won until now. And Argentina is in a bad way and has been a long time. Um, and I'm going to stop for a second here. I want, I want to talk about this here, just, just real quick, because so many of you say stupid shit like this, Rick, and this is stupid. I'm sorry. This is stupid, and it shows that Elon Musk is at least smarter than you. Musk isn't smart. He just knows how to procure government funds. Then you do it. Then you do it. 
You go find enough money to buy into PayPal and make it successful, even though somebody else started. You go start a SpaceX competitor who's put 80 percent of the of the rockets into space in the last year. You go do it. If it's just well, he just knows how to procure government funds. Then you do it. He's not smart. He just knows how to do this. That's the definition of smart. Elon Musk is an incredibly smart person. It doesn't mean that he's an incredibly noble person. I think the man is a prick. And I, I, I know people who have worked, I mean, directly for the man. But I'll tell you something. Most people that get shit done are pricks. They just are. Anyway, it's not a defense. It's just stop this stupid shit. Elon Musk doesn't know shit. He just knows how to get. Then you do it. Then you do it. And you're not going to, and you'll make some bullshit excuse. I expect to see it come up any minute now, Rick. Go ahead. Yeah, and I like you, by the way. I see you here all the time. But there's, you know, and wisdom versus intelligence. You know what? He's wise enough that he's worth more money than just about anybody else on the planet. And you can say, but he just did this. Then you do it. Then you do it. I, I, I just, it bugs me when people just have to talk shit like that about people. Like, you're going to talk shit about somebody. Talk shit about what they did. Don't demean the accomplishments as being, oh, anybody could do that, but you didn't do it because it's just dumb. And it, what, the reason I get on people when they do that, that will inherently limit your ability to do things in your own life. That is just another version of a phrase we have tried to break out of your brain here at TSP for 15 years. Must be nice. That's all that is. You see the guy with the Maserati and the hot blonde wife, you're like, must be nice. You know what? He got it because he worked for it. Even if he did it in a way you wouldn't, it must be nice. What means you'll never have it. So anyway, moving on. Moving on. I don't want any more money. Bullshit, Rick. You're full of shit. Let's move on. Okay, so Javier, basically, I, I can't confirm this 100%, though. The link I have in the show notes today leads to a comment I made asking for people to back it up. And this gentleman here, Michael Janowski, gave me three articles that do talk about it more as a reorg. But basically what Sal Mayweather here is saying is in 24 hours after taking office, Javier Malay has reduced the size of Argentina's government by more than half. So he just got rid of entire departments of government like we don't need you anymore. You're gone. They don't have to fire you because the entity you work for doesn't exist. We're shutting it down. We're shutting it down. OK, yeah. Um and I see so many comments about this. I'd like that to happen here. Oh, I want this to happen for us. I'm here to tell you the United States will not elect anything that looks or sounds like a real libertarian anytime soon. And it's very, 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 very simple as to why. The people in the United States are still far too comfortable. You have to understand that 20 years ago, Argentina was already worse off than the United States is today, and it hasn't gotten any better. It's taken this much misery, this much government overreach, this much financial mismanagement for the people of Argentina to take a shot at this. It's taken more than two decades of absolute economic misery for the people of Argentina. It took the COVID, it took all of it. To finally go, you know what, maybe we should try something else. There's a danger in this, though. There's a real danger in this, though. 
and I'm going to bring up a name, and some of you are going to get all discombobulated and poop your pants over it or whatever and say that I'm glorifying a murderer, and I'm not. I just believe that when you see the truth, the truth is the truth no matter who said it. So I'm going to talk about somebody that was far worse for a second to make a comparison. Adolf Hitler might be one of the most despicable human beings to ever breathe oxygen on planet Earth. You got to go back like to find someone that did worse for the planet. You got to go back to like Tamerlane, right? And most of you don't even know who that is. Most of you were here when we used to do the history segments. Um, but it doesn't mean that Adolf Hitler never said anything that was true. Okay. Does that make sense? I hope. Now, here's the name I'm going to go to next. Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. Ted Kaczynski, often referred to as Uncle Ted by some who have actually read his uh, manifesto, said a lot of things in that manifesto that were very astute, very accurate, and very true. Doesn't mean what he did was okay or good. Just means that's the case. One of the very interesting things that he said in that manifesto is if you were trying to take over a country or a government, you never want to take it over while it's heavily distressed because you'll get the blame for everything. The things that are necessary to fix Argentina are not going to be comfortable. And and, and I, they cannot be. Uh, Johnny Midnight says Mao was worse than, than, than Hitler. He may have been. Stalin may have been worse than Hitler in just total numbers. Really? So, yeah, I, I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll give you that. So Stalin, Mao... Hitler, all of them said some things that were true. I've quoted Stalin on some real truth. Sometimes what he said was true, and the conclusion I drew from it was entirely different, obviously. right? But anyway, Kaczynski said you never want to take over when things are really bad, because you'll get all the blame. So Javier Malay, in his inaugural address to the people of Argentina, said there is no money. There's no money. So there are, see, this is the problem with democracy. People vote for change, and they anticipate that very swiftly change will come that will be meaningful, impactful, and better, better their situation. So if I walk into your household, and you're still managing a little bit to live on your credit cards, but you are completely in debt, you have no hope of ever getting out of it. Your income level sucks, and you're about to be foreclosed on. And you say, fix it. The only honest answer is, I can't fix it, but I can lead you out of it. And everything that I'm going to do to lead you out of it hurts. It sucks. It's miserable. And everything will seem to get worse before it begins to get better. And even as it's getting better, it will still seem worse in your mind compared to the good old days. This is this is the trap that Javier Malay is in. What he has to do to turn Argentina around probably isn't doable in one term. The question is, can he turn it around enough that people see it and give him another chance to have enough time to do it? And then how much can you actually do in this world that we're in today? Yeah. Is it, Tell me how that's going to work out. Let's say the orange man rises like the great pumpkin from the pumpkin patch in November, which is the fall when the great pumpkin comes, even though he comes in October, right? It's not like a, a week after Halloween is election day. That's kind of a an indicator of some things, isn't it? Yeah. Um, 
And we have another year of this incoherent, babbling idiot running the country. We have, I'm about to cover how many illegal aliens have come into this country, and that is a problem in of itself. And they're just the knowns. You're supposed to be an anarchist. You're supposed to be for open borders. Not the way we do it, I'm not. Okay, not the not not when people are getting five thousand dollar gift cards with federal funds. Not when we're throwing people out of their hotels to make room for illegal aliens. Like no, this is not. There's nothing about this is the way an anarchist uh, community would work. Okay, it, it, it isn't. It isn't. We're we're funding this with money that we stole. That's not anarchy. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, if Trump wins. He's going to have – I'm talking about his base. I'm talking about people that really support him. And I'm talking about people that will come over and vote for him that are in the swing in the middle. Because if they think back prior to COVID about the economy of the United States under Trump, and they look at not the, not the, the COVID economy under Biden. If they look at today's economy under Biden, it's night and day that you are better off under Trump. If you look at global policies, we had Arabic countries – making peace with Israel, acknowledging they had a right to exist. Now Israel's in the middle of this huge, absolute human catastrophe on both sides under Biden. So there's a lot of people that might go, yeah, I don't really like the orange man, but versus diaper boy or the used car salesman that they may helicopter in right at the end, Gavin Newsom, because uh, Gavin Newsom, does he not just exude Joel Olstein loses his empire and sells used Lexuses. That's Gavin Newsom, right? If you were casting someone to pay, play Satan in a TV sitcom, Gavin Newsom, the guy is just, he oozes sleaze. So there are people that may swing to the orange man and hold their nose and vote for the orange man because my world at least was better. But what if he can't do it again? And isn't there a really good chance that he can't do it again. How are you going to fix in a four-year period what Biden and, be honest, neocon and neolib policies for the last 50 years have done? How are you going to fix this? How are you going to fix the legacies of the Bushes and the Clintons and the Obamas and, and Biden? How are you going to fix that much destruction? How are you going to fix a national debt where by the time Trump is at the end of his second administration, if he gets if he gets elected, we're heading for a point where the national the, the interest on the debt will exceed the, the Department of Defense budget. Think about this. Honestly, I hated the man. But most of the Bush years, George Bush Jr., most of the Bush years economically were pretty damn good. They had a dot-com bust right at the beginning, but in the end, that was a very short cycle. And like the, the early 2000s, economically, were absolutely decent in this country. Now, people like me were already saying, this is going to be bad. This is going to suck. You don't understand what's happening, but they felt good. But what is Bush remembered as? People say, the war criminal. Yeah, like if you believe the propaganda or whatever, and... If you say that about Bush and Obama and Clinton and Bush Sr. and, and Biden, I, I'll, I'll give it to you. But if you if you say you single out out of that group of people, Bush Jr., 
as the war criminal, but not Obama, then I just write you off as being pointless. You're like the person that says Elon Musk is stupid. I just don't care what you have to say about that particular subject going forward anymore. Right. Um, but overall, it was a pretty good economy. The Clinton years were pretty good. But what is Bush remembered for? Bush Jr. Destroying the United States economy. Because the time at which he left, the economy was in absolute tattered ruins. Now, everything is being done by what we call the deep state, which is just another word for bureaucracy, by the way, before you call it a conspiracy, to hold it all together, to do the triple play of redneck engineering, duct tape, zip ties, uh, and bailing wire to hold it together just long enough to get Brandon reelected. So if they hold it together, barely, and then they just cut it all off when Trump takes over, it's the failure of republicanism. It's the failure of the GOP. It's the failure of Trumponomics. It's the failure of the right. It's what happens when Mussolini slash Hitler takes over and destroys an economy. And they'll tell people the economy was really good under Biden. And as long as it feels worse, they'll believe it because the average American has the memory capacity of a fucking goldfish. And don't think that, like, that can't happen. Now, what happens if Diaper Boy wins? There's only two things that happen. One, you get this massive swing back to the right, which the giant will just use to advance totalitarianism in the next cycle. Or the other possibility is that they actually figure out how to blame the right for Biden's failure anyway. And they, and they take the time that they'll have then and they advance this agenda which is to basically change rules to the point where the Democrats will be in control forever. Things like stacking the Supreme Court go on the table at this point, changing the rules of election to make fraud easier for the left, turning something like D.C. into a state, possibly trying to turn Puerto Rico into a state, stacking the Supreme Court. All of that goes on the table the day that Brandon is reelected, if he's reelected. And uh, SOM... O2SS says Biden will get reelected. I'm not going to put it out that way. No. I'm going to tell you, there's people that believe there's no way that Biden gets reelected. And I'm going to tell you, those people are wrong. There's also people that believe there's no way Donald Trump gets elected. Those people are also wrong. The reality is we don't know yet. We don't know yet. We'll have to wait and see. And... I'm going to tell you, Cartman's advice to the Democrats stands. Bill Belichick did not cheat one time, class, and he lost. You must cheat like you have never cheated before. I might get demonetized. I'm probably going to Irish prison. Uh huh. Let's let's continue on from here. So this is something that I, I really feel the average person in America, even the person that knows this is a problem, doesn't understand how big this problem is. Because we, we, we have, in our society, people have so many problems in their lives. 
that they really only see the problems that are directly affecting them while they're being affected. So right now the problem is how do I afford to give my kids a good Christmas when I'm barely getting by? How are we going to be able to afford this house when my mortgage rate adjusts upward because I didn't get a fixed rate mortgage? Uh, or when the county decides my house is worth twice what it is and assesses my property tax and my house payment goes up $250, how am I going to afford this? How am I going to afford the fact that I had health insurance I was miserable with and could barely afford, but I could afford it, but they dropped my plan and now I have to pick a new plan. I'm in that mode right now and it's going to go up another $150 even though it doesn't cover anything. These are the problems that people feel in their bones right now. How am I going to afford to keep a roof over the head and food on the table? So they only can tacitly pay attention to the crisis on the southern border, and it is a crisis. Right now, the Biden administration in less than three years has allowed more known illegals into the United States than 38 states population, 38 states population. So it's it, it's actually kind of crazy. 5.8 million illegal immigrants have crossed the southern border since Biden took office on January 2021. That was number was 183,000 in July alone, which was an increase from June. And these numbers are current. Because this was put out, this particular article was put out in September 22nd, so it's not that old. But they were working with numbers that far back. We have no idea what it is right now. The best estimates that I've seen of this number now are somewhere north of 8 million people. 8 million people. You're, you're, you're talking, like, obviously you're not talking the population of Texas or Florida or California or New York. Or the other really big, highly populated states. But, we're, you know. There are a lot more people, I think, than you have in Alabama, Arkansas, et cetera. 38 states have less population than the total number of people that come in. And this is and, – and you know what? I'm really tempted to bounce you, dude. Race is real and genetics matter. Have you learned nothing, Johnny? Nothing. You should leave right now, dude. I'm not going to kick you out. But I'll tell you right now, among the people of this community, if you're a racist, which sounds like you are, you're not welcome. We don't want you. We don't want you. We'll see what else he says. Chuck's saying bounce him. But we don't want you. Maybe maybe he'll have the decency to leave on his own. This is a very diverse community. We have plenty of people that are Hispanic and black and, God forbid, gay that are part of the TSP community. And if you don't like it, get the fuck out. Just to be blunt, Johnny. We don't need you. There's only one race, a human race. I agree with that. But people matter. Culture matters. The way people behave matters. The way people and what people believe and their ideology matters. And we have something called a poison ideology. And we have many poison ideologies. Racism is a poison ideology. Radical Islam is also a poison ideology. Okay? And a lot of these people, come, yeah, later, bye, bitch. We don't want you. Bye. I'm serious. Get the fuck out of here. We don't need you. We don't need you. You thought you were among friends because it said survival. You're not. We don't want you here. I've made that very clear from the very beginning. We don't tolerate racist 
white supremacist bullshit here. And we do that by not calling everything we don't like white supremacy. But when somebody's overt about it, then we call that out. That's called being an actual logical human being in a logical community. Um, I'm, I'm done. You know, this guy's announcing his department. He's gone. He's announcing his departure like he's an airline. He keeps telling us he's leaving, but he doesn't leave. So I'll do him a favor and kick him. He's done. Anyway, um, this is a problem. This is a problem because we have a ton of people now in this country with no visible means of support, nothing to do with their race, nothing to do with their race. I'll tell you, honestly, as far as it goes, the people coming from Central America and Mexico, we may need those guys because this could be, like I said, it's not about race. It's about ideology. Most of those people are Christian. Right. And I don't have anything against Muslims either, but I do have a problem with people that make religion into a way to rule society. I do have a problem with Sharia law. I have a huge problem with Sharia law enacted through state apparatus. I would have a huge problem with Christian law enacted through any theological, any theocracy I have a problem with. I have a problem with it. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you look at the reproduction rate among first generation immigrants from Muslim countries, specifically some that are quite ideologically opposed to the freedom of the United States, they are out reproducing us like crazy. Now, I'll also say this. I have heard that same argument made about various races and various immigrant communities throughout history. So nothing may come of it. But when you have this many people coming into a country, the way that it's going on right now, in a way that makes it actually easy for them not to contribute. When you're providing them welfare the day they show up, instead of opportunity the day they show up, it can't be good for a society. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy said this, the great replacement theory is not a conspiracy theory. It's, it's real and it's happening. And it's hard to say that he's wrong. But if, if you think it's okay to have un- Documented people come in at this rate to our country under the situation this country is in. You're just in denial of reality. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You you cannot do this. We have these places in Chicago, for instance. Now they have public buildings that they've thrown people out of and set up basically permanent uh, shelters for illegal aliens. The, the mayor of New York City is shrieking that illegal immigration, the people being shipped in by Abbott, are destroying New York City. Bitch, you're dealing with one quarter of one percent of what Texas is dealing with. This is this is real. And it's a real problem. And the, the big push, you know, what I just said about the Democrats, the big push is not only do we need to legalize these people, we need to give them a right to vote. Everything that's being done by the Democrats right now, again, I I point you toward the Star Trek universe and the Romulans. Very, very intelligent when it comes to getting what they want. And they're much better at it than Republicans. In fact, one of the real problems we have with liberty is the more a group moves toward liberty, the more they fight amongst themselves and the less cohesion there is. Everybody that's in on tyranny is all in on tyranny. They stick together like thick thieves. 
you tell me there's a group with more people yelling at each other than one full of libertarians? Seriously. That's why there's a whole mythology like all the libertarians are autistic. They're not. They just behave like they are when they get around each other. They'll agree with like 99 things and they'll find the one thing they don't agree with that neither's opinion is going to change anything and they'll fight to the death over it. They'll fight. So that's part of the problem. We are marching toward tyranny because the people that are pro tyranny stick together. Also, the people that claim to be on your side, if you're on the right, right? About half of them are on the same side as the left, at least half of them. And they get to do it under the cover of actually opposing the left and just aiding it along. We have, yeah, but my roads, Builder says. But my roads. But my roads. Because we all know before income tax existed, there were no roads. Nobody ever had a road before there were taxes on people's income. Anyway, moving on. Uh, speaking of roads, this is just beautiful. This is this is one of those things that when you hear that it happened and you're a podcaster, you're like, God, I, I, I see what you have done for others, and I want that for me. Let this be true. Let this be let me talk about this and not be pulling it out of my ass. Let this be real so that I can point to the hypocrisy of government and not be called out as somebody who made it up, fabricated it, and pushed a lie. Let this be true when I research it. Well, it is. Um, Jennifer uh, Granholm, who is um, a Secretary of Energy, I think she's like, because she's under, oh, no, she's the Secretary of Energy. I was thinking of Buttigieg. He's Secretary of Transportation. Uh, Jennifer Granholm uh, decided she was going to go on a joyride, funded by you, of course, across the country to promote electric vehicles. And so they, they they climbed in their EVs, and, of course, they had to have some gas vehicles with them, you know. You, you'd think that – have you ever seen this shit where people get on a bicycle, and they're, like, going to ride a bicycle from, like, New York to L.A. or something across the whole country – and they have chase cars in case, like, they have a heart attack or to make hotel reservations and things like that. And you can respect that because the guy's on a bicycle. He actually rode the bike. And if he's hanging on to the tailgate of the pickup truck, we lose respect. But if he actually drives the bike and they have chase cars, that's good. They have chase cars for the electric vehicles that run gas, internal combustion engines. And they, they run into this problem, you see. The, the range of the EV is not sufficient to get where they need to go. So on the four-day road trip from North Carolina to Tennessee, they're like, oh, we're going to have to charge up the car. Well, this is the Secretary of Energy. She's important. She's way more important than you and me, isn't she? Right? Really, 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 really important. Really, really important. Yeah. And she can't wait in line like you plebs. No, can't have that. So what happens? They send the gas car ahead. The gas car gets in line to hold the place for her. Actually, at this point, while it's hypocritical and it shows the flaw in the whole thing, at this point, I'm not totally going to come down hard. If that car gets in line and the next one pulls out and the next one pulls out and it comes up to its turn, and it pulls out and goes around and gets in the back of the line again. I'm kind of okay with that, but not the government. 
They wouldn't do that. They wouldn't put themselves on an equal footing with you and I, right? If you go to a concert and you pay somebody to stand in line and wait for you until they open the ticket door, right? And then you go get in before you come here. I, I, that's, uh, you know, it is what it is. No, 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 no. They get out to the EV station, can't plug into it because it's a gas car. Bitch face is still, you know, two towns over driving her Tesla or whatever the hell electric vehicle it is. And they back the whole thing up to the point where people waiting call the police. But it turns out the place they were in, what they were doing, wasn't illegal. Now, I find this to be a little bit inaccurate. So this was actually at like a Walmart or something like that, some kind of shopping center where they have those ones in the parking lot. But it's in a place where like a lot more people have electric vehicles than here. Because here in Texas, like the Albertsons and, and the Coles and all, they all have these electric vehicle charging things in the parking lot. And the idea is when you go to when you go in the store, you pull in, you plug your shit in and it charges while you're shopping and the store monetizes both ends. So let me tell you, first of all, none of these stores paid for that shit to be put in. All of it was done with government money. And most of the place, no one uses it. But this was a place where people used it. I really think that if I pull my Dodge Challenger into one of those places up in Azel, Azel Cop's going to write me at least a parking ticket, but they got nothing because it's the secretary. It's the secretary of transport or secretary of energy. She can't wait around like you. This just shows, though, how pathetic this entire narrative is. That we are going to have, you know, 50%, 20% even, of the fleet, the American automobile fleet, is going to be EVs by 2035 or whatever their goal is. How? How? Barely. I, you can talk about how you know, electric vehicle sales are surging or whatever and what have you. But it's, start counting. Just start counting. You know, get one of those clicker counters. Like fishing guides use when you have like high limit fish like sand bass or whatever, you have 25 an angler, and they can't really keep counting their heads, so they just click, click, click like a click counter. And just as you're driving down the road, you know, have your click counter sitting next to you. And every time you see a Tesla click, 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 you won't click that fast, will you? By the way, they're easy as shit to spot because none of them have grills. You ever notice that like all the EVs, it's sealed in the front instead of open air flow across the engine? You, you can guess why. If you don't know, I'm not sure that you're qualified to listen to this. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, water and electricity don't go well together. But how are we, we going to do this? The Secretary of Energy can't drive across the country without cheating the system. But we're going to make 20, 30 percent of the vehicles electric by 2035. By 2050, all electric. There's actually talk. These fools want to outlaw internal combustion engine new builds at least. Yeah, what's here is here, but we'll just atrophy it out. The grid can't do it. If 10% of the cars on the road were electric and everybody went home tonight and plugged their car in, you'd crash the grid from coast to coast. No one has a plan on how to deal with this, but they're the people in charge. And the only reason I bring it up is so you'll start thinking about this. Everything we've talked about today is being done intentionally by people that think it's a good idea. And think it will actually help in some way. I know that you, you want to just believe that all these people are evil scum overlords like Bond villains and stuff. And some of them are. 
But most of the people engaged in this actually think they're doing the right thing. That's how dumbed down society has become. It, it's it's pretty pretty pathetic, and it it continues the hypocrisy. So the UN just had a great big meeting, brought all the private jet flying climate change activists in to talk about how meat is destroying the world. And the UN tells America specifically, because we eat a lot of meat in America, and we do, and we're going to keep doing it, bitches. Stop eating meat. Then they get nailed with one iconic scandal. Do you know what the scandal was? And by the way, all of this is linked in the show notes on the audio side. There's a link in the video notes below this video. You click that link after the live stream ends. You can get over there and you can find all, like, I source everything. They went and pigged out on beef. Beef, specifically. Pigged out on it, right? Uh, they had huge amounts. Like, just massive amounts of beef. The, the, directly after the meeting, where they issued this edict that you're not supposed to eat meat. They sat down to an event that served massive amounts of the red meat that they said was destroying the planet. And what many will call a shocking act of hypocrisy, anybody that calls it shocking has not been paying attention. Hypocrisy, yes. The globalists attending the UN Climate Summit are treated to a wide variety of beef dishes. The subject's menu offers, quote, juicy beef, end quote, end quote, slabs of succulent meat, end quote, Wagyu burgers, and even Philly cheesesteaks. These people who are unelected pieces of crap setting global policy say that you're not supposed to eat meat, and they sit down to Wagyu burgers, slabs of succulent meat, and even Philadelphia cheesesteaks. I will say this for them. At least they have good taste. They might be hypocritical, hypocritical scumbags. But at least they have good. Now, these are the people in charge of the world. These are the people that are pushing more than any other entity, the UN and the WEF, for global government. They think it's a good idea to have global government, and they're going to sit down and tell you not to eat red meat and then immediately, like, this is, you know, Gavin Newsom and the French Laundry, like, rules for thee and not for me. Way, way back in the 80s. <clears throat> There was this big thing about water, the water crisis in California. At least you think that's new. And, and you know, somebody decided to lend her star power to the crisis. And who was it? Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand decided that she needed to be the celebrity voice of the water crisis in California. She came out with all this bullshit that California residents were supposed to do. Because if everybody did a little bit, the water crisis would go away. Well, John Stossel on 2020, one of my favorite MSM, you know, media personalities, by the way, and he's kind of an ousted, hasn't he, right over time, decided, you know, let's take a look at this. Let's take a look at this. So they invited Barbara Streisand on to discuss this. And, of course, she said no. So they sent one of her lackeys, to a spokesperson, and John simply, and, and this person probably got fired and punched in the face the next day, said, well, here's her big estate, all these fountains and shit. Is she doing the things that she's asking everybody else to do? And Letty said, well, no. 
And hit, this is where it went really south for this poor person. They didn't give her the right talking points, I guess. Why not? Her a- answer was, well, she's Barbara Streisand. That's the Streisand effect in all of these bureaucrats, super rich fuckers, elected officials, all of them. They believe that it's okay for them to do anything they want because comparatively they're a small number. It's us masses who need to make the sacrifices for our own good, of course, because we are literally viewed as livestock. We're not even viewed as slaves. Slaves have more value than they view us. Slaves are worth clothing and feeding and housing. We're on our own. We're the cow that they bring in, you know, frequently to milk and bleed. That's it. That's what we are to them. That's what we are to them. All right. Now, next up, um, there were a lot of things that I told you would happen when things started with the Russia-Ukraine conflict. And I, I, I will not call it a war. And it's not because I'm a tool of Putin. It's because if it was a war, there wouldn't be a building standing in Kiev right now. If it was a war, if it was a force on force, nation on nation war, Russia would have turned at least half of Ukraine into a glass factory already. This is a conflict over a border territory. That's what it is. And it's a war for the people fighting it. I understand that. But I'm talking when we use the term war, historically speaking, we're talking this nation goes to war with this nation and one will emerge victorious and completely dominate and control things on the other side. Right. We will have a, 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 you know, a moment like in World War Two where the Japanese signed an unconditional surrender on an aircraft carrier and both sides just bomb the shit out of each other until somebody capitulates. That's that's what we historically mean when we say war. But I said when this started, and this is before Nord Stream pipeline got blown up and they just basically said, yeah, we're not we're going to shut it down. Right. Biden shut it. So we're shut it down. And uh, I said Russia is going to sell their natural gas. And and I played this, I guess, a week ago. I played the segment from over a year ago, a week ago, on an expert council show. And in that, I said, like, the only way to move natural gas is with a pipe. People need gas. Russia has it. And the very people right now that say they won't buy it will when they need it and they don't have it. And they'll move it with a ship. Well, out today, Russia to launch year-round liquid natural gas shipments via the Arctic. So they just have these great big tankers. They fill up with gas, send them through the Arctic Ocean. Russia has lots of icebreakers for the places they need it. And who do you think they're selling it to? Do you think Russia is going to send these giant ships through the Arctic, past the UK, and go to Peru or Brazil or Africa? Or do you think maybe they're going to sell it to the EU? We don't want to freeze to death this winter like they almost did last year. This is this is exactly what's going on. I see people talking about the ads again. Somebody said every three minutes. It should be no more than one ad per 30 minutes, no more than five seconds before you can skip it. Again, man, like, I don't know. People think that you're going to work for free or something, and, like, we all have to pay bills, guys. Anyway, um, so that's going on. Russia is now uh, shipping liquid natural gas. To the very countries that said they wouldn't buy it. Now, the other thing is, let's be honest here. What, what happened? We've, we, we, again, we've been signaling getting rid of Zelensky and the whole Zelensky regime for months now because the writing is on the wall here. 
Yeah. And uh, then we even inferred through leaks in our own Department of Defense, the people that really blew up the Nord Stream pipeline were the Ukrainians. The Ukrainian special forces did it. There's no way the Ukrainians could run an op like that on their own without U.S. knowledge and support. None. We did it because we benefited from it. Germany didn't do it. Germany suffered for it. Of course, the or original thing was Putin did it because Putin's evil. He's crazy. Nobody would blow up a pipeline that they control what goes into it. All they have to do is shut the thing off and not use it. If they, It's always there to be used later. Anybody that believed that, you were a moron. And I bet there's people right now listening to me, if not in the live feed, that will listen to the audio later, where most of the people end up hearing us as audio only, um, that you did believe it, but you'll pretend you didn't now. Because it sounds so stupid, doesn't it? It sounds so stupid. But here's what either happened. Either Ukraine committed an act of war against Germany, a NATO ally of the United States, that we are bound to defend and protect if they're attacked. Or we committed a, an act of war against our own NATO ally in Germany. Again, though, this is all by people who are in charge of things that you think someday will make everything better. It's not getting any better. All good times must come to an end. Notice I didn't say all good things. I said all good times must come to an end. And I know a lot of you probably when you read that today were like, these aren't good times. Give it five years. Give it, didn't I tell you that five years ago? Yeah, I said, these aren't, these aren't good times. And I said, give it five years. How, how would you like to go five years back right now? Just reset to five years ago. How about five years before that? What do you think you're going to feel like five years from now? You think it's really going to change? You better prepare because it's not. You better start designing your life because it's not. These are the people and policies that we have to contend with going forward. And your fellow Americans have to suffer a lot more before they're willing to make a change. A lot more. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Now, the last one. To really drive it home. This was a meme that I think is one of the most astute things I've ever seen. And I'll have to read it for those of you who are not on the live feed. It's a picture of a significantly overweight guy holding a tape measure with his pants undone, though not showing anything other than some gut flab because he got, he can't close them anymore with a giant beer belly. And this is what the caption says. I gained 70 pounds in 2021 I gained 65 pounds in 2022. I gained 35 pounds in 2023. I'm so exciting, excited that I'm losing weight. This sums up every single government cut that we've ever had. When they say they're cutting spending, they never actually cut spending. And this is exactly the way that Biden has presented inflation. Inflation's down. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because it's cumulative, just like weight gain. And I think if you look at it this way, then you can really understand how absurd it is when they say we cut spending in this department. And you look at it and they spent, let's say it's a small department. So they spent $50 million or $50 billion, no, $50 million on something. It was a little bit really, that's tiny for the federal government, $50 million program. And this year they're spending $52.5 million, 52.5. And they'll say they cut spending. And what they'll say is, but the original plan was it was supposed to be $55 million. 
So we cut the increase by half. So 50% cut in spending. That's the bullshit they play. It's almost as bad as like Pfizer math. Just saying, if you're that out for yourself. By the way, Ken Paxton is suing the shit out of Pfizer. And, you know, maybe something will come from it. I'm not getting excited about anything that these people are doing right now. I don't believe it. But that's that's exactly what's going on, guys. That's exactly what's going on all the time in government. Whenever they say they're cutting something, and this includes when they're criticizing people for it, not just when they're taking credit for it. When the left says the right are committing atrocious, inhuman, horrible spending cuts that are going to cost people lives and take food off of people's tables, blah, 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 blah. This is what they're talking about. They're talking about a reduction in the planned increase. And with inflation, it's even more insidious because it's direct apportioned cost on your life. So you have a thing that costs a dollar. You have inflation over two years that are 25%. It now costs a dollar 25. And this year, inflation only takes it up to a dollar 28. And they say inflation is down. As though the cumulative inflation never happened. We should only judge it right. Because if you had two to 3% inflation per year, every year, it sucks. It's insidious. It's horrible. And that's the plan, by the way. Two to 4% inflation is the Fed's goal. They're meeting their goal right now. 100% employment and inflation under 4%. That's their goal. 2% is perfect. 2% is perfect. That just means that your money is being valued by, devalued by 2% a year. But it is, you can adapt to that. You can adapt to that. When you get effectively 10 years of inflation in one year, the only way you can actually say it went down is you have to have deflation on the other side. You actually have to have prices drop. Underlying commodity prices have to drop significantly to get you back to your normal projected increase. It's never going to happen. Never going to happen. Guys, I hope you enjoyed today's show. I'm ready to wrap up now. I want to remind you guys, if you like the show, and some people, again, are complaining about the ads. I see one person saying they're getting an ad every five minutes. I don't know what's going on, man. You may be, but I'll tell you that I said, as the creator on YouTube, no more than one ad every 30 minutes, and it must be skippable. That's how I set my ads. So I can make gas money, which ain't what it used to be, right, off of YouTube. That, that's that's about all I make. So I'm sorry if you're getting more than that. I'll look into it. I'll do what I can. But if, if you're really upset by one ad every 30 minutes, then do you really value what I do? You know, especially a five-second ad you can skip because I, I require all the ads to be skippable. If anybody gets ads that are not skippable, skippable please let me know. Email me, jack at the survivalpodcast.com, TSPC in the subject line, best way to communicate with me for any means. Email me, jack at the survivalpodcast.com, TSPC in the subject line. I tell people all the time when they DM me and shit, email me. What's your email address? I can't help you. You can't, like, literally, if you can't figure out my email address when I give it out, like, every show, like, you're not who you claim to be, is the way I look at it. Anyway, uh, email me, let me know, and I'll see what I can do, but, uh, it, it it shouldn't be that way. I, I, I try to make it as minimal as possible and still make a few bucks. Anyway, uh, one of the other ways that I monetize what I do is I do product reviews, and you can find all the stuff that I recommend at a website called tspaz.com, T-S-P-A-Z, tspaz.com. Tommy Tom said he also got some unskippable ads. I'll, I'll look at that. I'll, I'll see what's going on there, man, because that – that should not be the case. And uh, if I can fix that, I will. And honestly, if I can't get it to do what it says it's supposed to do, I will turn them off. 
I, I will turn mid-roll ads off if it doesn't do what it's supposed to do. But it's also some changes they made, and maybe there's a, a, a growing growing pain uh, during it or something. I'll check the settings of this one. Uh, so don't think I don't care, because I do. But I, I also don't care for people who don't want to see a single ad and take 90 minutes of your content and whatever. you know. Anyway, so tspaz.com is where you can find all of the things that I recommend. And if you start your online shopping there, no matter what you buy, you will help us. Today's item of the day, I've, I've talked about this a lot lately. The Knipex Cobra pliers, these have become like my go-to tool. Um, the little bitty ones, I now have made an EBC product. Uh, the little five-inchers, I, I have a little pouch and I carry them around with some other stuff. I've stopped carrying a multi-tool. But the bigger ones are great for everything. They're awesome. The reason I'm bringing them around today is there's some significant markdowns on them. Uh, the three-piece set normally sells for $120, uh, and that gives you the uh, the the, the seven-and-a-half, uh, the 10-inch, and I think one size down from there, uh, 7.5, 10, and 12-inch, uh, normally sells for $110 to $120. It's on sale today for $98. Uh, there's a huge markdown in the huge set, the eight-piece set that gives you all of them. That's really expensive, but right now it's $200 off list. There's also some individual, like 6-inch, the 7.5-inch, 10-inch individual models are all marked down. I'm telling you, if you try these tools, when it comes, and they're, they're basically like a vice grip style, uh, not vice grip, I'm sorry, uh, channel lock style pair of pliers. You will never buy anything else ever again. I have retired channel locks and channel lock knockoffs. I don't even want to see them anymore. This is the tool that I use. I have never found a tool that I actually love this much. This is something you should know about them. They don't lock like vice grips. These, again, they're just loose in your hand, but they lock into their gap. So if you've ever used channel locks and you're jacking with them, you can't get it, and they finally they go past where you want them or whatever. These have a little button you push, you slide them exactly the space of the jaws you want. And when they lock in, because of the way the teeth are, you can stand on a pair of them on a pipe, and they'll hold while you stand on them, a grown man's weight. They're just awesome. They're marked down. They make a great, and I mean an absolutely great Christmas idea. And remember, if you are looking for Christmas presents, Santa Val's got you covered. If you go to the survivalpodcast.com and scroll down till you see Santa Val, uh, I've got my top recommendations out of the T-SPAS catalog for your online shopping for Christmas this year. With that, I'm going to wrap up. I want to reiterate here for you. I don't really like saying all this negative shit. Okay. I don't really like telling you how bad things are and how bad things are likely to get. But I also know human nature and no, it's not just views. Yes, I get more views for, for this and I get more listens for stuff like this. That, that's fine. It doesn't necessarily translate to revenue, though. I, I'm aware of that. What I mean by it's human nature is that it is very much human nature to no matter how bad things are to say, well, when things pick up, when things get better, etc. They're not going to get better in a long term meaningful way until we cycle out of this period of history and many of us will be dead before that happens. It doesn't mean that you're locked into misery though. It means that you're going to have to be proactive and design things for yourself. Back when I used to do business consulting, I'd go into a business, whether it was marketing or general business, didn't matter. And as soon as somebody that was like a key player said something to the effect of, well, when things pick up, I walked away from the money. I walked away from the contract. I'm like, I can't help you. 
because you're in a mindset where I can't fix your problem. And I knew from experience that when I got somebody in that mindset, if I started restructuring the way they were doing things and, and developing marketing platforms and programs for them and developing conversion tracking and conversion funnels, if I started doing that for them, they would love to hear about it, but they would never do it because they were under the illusion, just is just the way that it is right now. So, I, you know, what I think about when I think about this is fishing guides. And you see people out fishing, either guided or alone, and they're not catching any fish. And they just chalk it up to, it's just not a good day. They're just not biting today. They're just not active today. Whatever it is, right? It, it just, they're, they're not, they're not hitting today, you know? And then somebody else will be sitting in a boat. 25 yards away from them, just killing it, pulling fish in. Why? They've patterned the fish. They know the depth they're at. They know the structure they're relating to. They know what they're feeding on. They know their like how aggressive their feeding is. So you could have the same lure with a different presentation and not catch fish right next to me, not 25 feet away, like right next to me, because maybe those fish are really, really sluggish. And I'm just taking like if it's, it's white bass when they're really sluggish, I'm just barely barely fluttering that spoon. It's barely moving. It looks like a dead, almost dead thread thin, just dying on the bottom. Well, I'll, I'll, I'm tired and slow, but I'll pick that one up. And they bite really soft, and you have to not just present it right. You have to be ready to strike the right way. You can't overstrike. You can't understrike. And then there's times when everybody can catch fish. And if you look at the economy and the structure of the United States and the situation we're in, people remember those periods of time. One of my old mentors, Frank Madron, who I work for at a company called Garrettcom, used to tell me, like, during the dot-com boom, and I was killing it. Remember, Jack, even a turkey can fly in a tornado. Like, all I had to do during that, that run-up of the dot-com was just get in to see somebody and go, hey, do you want to see a device that's as good as Cisco that costs less? And we'll save you a quarter million dollars on your next rollout. And, you know, at least half the time, if I could get that far, I was going to get an order. And he said, will that remain consistent? That depends on what you do. And because we remember those really good days on the water, when anything that hit the water, something hit it, we think, well, that's when everybody does good. And all the other time people do bad, there's nothing to do. So wait for the cycle to come back around. No. You can't afford to do that with your money, your family, and your life force. This cycle is far from done in its downward spiral. You have to thrive while everything goes to shit around you, or you're going to, at worst, die before the fish start biting again. Or at best, waste some of the best years of your life, waste some of the best parts of your dash waiting for it to get better instead of making it better. With that, I'll catch you tomorrow with another episode. Are they gonna bail you out or just run you around? They said you should have a house the American way. A dollar down, a dollar a month and you never have to pay. There's a better way to do this. 
Revolution.